The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Welcome back to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by my good buddy Dave Menkoff here. It's a wonderful Friday. Not used to saying that as I cover for Santino. Uh, he's going out with his wonderful girlfriend tonight. Truly an amazing gal. Uh, it's her birthday, so I'm covering for him. But it is Friday, November 12th. We got a fully packed 11 game slate on our hands. Dave, how are you doing, my good friend? I am doing fantastic. Excited to hop on a, a pod with you on a rare Friday night slate. This is quite a treat for, for myself as well. So, Well, it'll be a treat for our listeners, too, because we were just talking before we got on air. My girlfriend is very loud. I uh, received a phone call. She's doing one of those group Skype calls with all of her friends from back home. Uh, I don't know if it's just my girlfriend or if it's everybody else's girlfriend. But when they're on the phone with their friends, it feels like they're using megaphones. Um, they happen to scream a little bit. So I do apologize if you happen to have to hear the same conversation that she's having. Uh, I, I doubt you guys want to know what kind of furniture we're looking to buy and all that good stuff. But nonetheless... We'll break down this slate. We got a lot of good games on our hands, my good friend. So, quick, quick spot shout out to our sponsor, guys. Check out Manscaped. If you haven't already, Manscaped, the number one line for male grooming products. I keep telling you, perfect gift. Holidays are right around the corner. Head over there. Use the promo code Hoopball20. Gets your get your father, get your brother, maybe even get yourself. Do it all at once, so that way you really, really use that promo code. And they have every product that you can imagine from a lawnmower, which, as you can imagine, the perfectly male groomed trimmer it is quick charging, waterproof and a no. And let me repeat this because this is this is a very important aspect of it, Dave, a no cut blade on it. So, like, you, you won't be cutting yourself. It is one of the best products. I have it. I use it on top of the nose, ear and hair trimmer. And then they have the fully lined. And I'm just mentioning everything that comes with the perfect package kit because I think that's the perfect package. So go over there. Head over there. Manscaped.com. Promo code HOOPBALL20. So, Dave, we're going we're gonna to dive right into things. I mean, we got 11 games. We're going to try to you know motor pretty quickly through these because otherwise I, I know would mean you were on a podcast. It's probably me in general <laughs> when I'm on a podcast. I'm not going to blame you. Anytime I'm on a podcast with anybody, we have like 10 or more games. Sometimes I could drift over an hour. So we're going to try to keep it under an hour. We're going to try to motor through this. New York Knicks are traveling to Charlotte, taking on the Hornets for the Hornets. Vernon Carey. In the G League, P.J. Washington still ruled out. Everybody else good to go for the Knicks. Nerlens Noel is questionable. Missed that last game. And Luka Samanich is in the G League. As far as a game total and a spread, we have a 225 game total, mostly due to Charlotte's fast pace and poor defense. And New York is favored by one. I can't even say just Charlotte. New York's defense has been pretty pretty bad this season as well, as opposed to last season. I'll pass it over to you. What are you looking at for these Knicks? Yeah, you know, normally I would say anytime I see a Knicks on a slate, I try and stay away. But in this case, there's some intriguing value. Knicks are coming off a pretty monumental loss at home to the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of nights ago. I think they're going to come out motivated. 
We know Tom Thibodeau likes to play guys heavy minutes. Um, so there's guys I'm looking at on Nick's side of the ball. I'm looking at Julius Randle, 10,200, coming off just an atrocious game, pretty much an atrocious game up and down the Knicks roster uh, in the last one. I, I like Julius Randle to bounce back. It's a great matchup uh, against the Hornets front court. I think he's got 50, 55 point upside here. Uh, one of my favorite center play, power forward center plays on the entire slate. So I'm looking at Julius Randle, and then I'm going to throw some shots, GBP only, uh, guys like Derrick Rose, 4,800. Uh, the veteran, you know, coming off a, a massive game against the Bucks. Again, do I expect that again? No. Uh, but even a 25, 30 point effort at 4,800, that's a pretty good price tag. I'll probably throw him in some tournament lineups. And then the final guy I'm looking at, I'm not happy about it, but I'm looking at is Mitchell Robinson at 4,000. Especially if we get the, the word Nerlens Noel is out uh, for this game. If Mitchell Robinson can stay on the court, which has been a problem, he's not, he's not, hasn't been able to stay on the court much uh, of any, of, of, at all this season, he's averaging a minuscule amount of minutes per game. But if he can play 25, 30 minutes, he can absolutely crush value at 4,000 as well. So those are the three guys I'm looking at. What about you? I think Julius Randle's in a fantastic spot. We we talked about it. The Charlotte's defense has been pretty pitiful this season. They're actually allowing one of the most amount of three-pointers of any team in the NBA. I think they're bottom five right now. So I think attacking them from the three-point line makes sense, knowing that their front court is, is going to be a little undersized with Bridges. Going against a guy like Julius, he makes a lot of sense. He's not my top spend-up, uh, but I'm keeping him in my player pool. He's the top five. Only other guy I'm really looking at on this side of the ball would be Kemba. I don't mind Derrick Rose, but Kemba recently came out in the media and said something along the lines of, he's the reason they took that last loss. He's been playing terrible. Uh, he's he's looking to step it up. So a little narrative involved. I think we're going to get a little, you know, squeaky wheel kind of Kemba game here. He's only 5K. Don't expect him to draw a lot of ownership on a slate like tonight. So I think those are the two guys I'm primarily focused on. I expect Kemba to probably take close to six to eight three-pointers in this one. It's a, a pretty pretty big uh, deep ball game from Kemba. The minutes have been down, but that's more or less due to Derek Rose is simply outplaying him. So don't necessarily trust him in the cash game. If you check those box scores, they're pretty rough. But if we see a nice little 28-minute Kemba game here, I would expect at least six three-pointers, and I would expect at least 30 DK points at 5K. Very interested in them in my GPPs. On to the Charlotte side of the ball. Lamella Ball coming in at 9-9. So I don't think anybody's shocked necessarily that he's priced up this much. I prefer Randall over him. I know it's two completely different positions just based on the matchup. But I'm not going to rule Lamella Ball out here. In all honesty, I don't have a lot of interest in this team in general. Everybody's pretty much priced appropriately, and I just don't see myself going there. I mean, I, there's a lot of spend-ups that we could choose between, and I just don't see myself. LaMelo would make sense if you're just playing your GPPs. He has a ton of upside. The ceiling is uncapped pretty much. I mean, 60, 65 DK points is probably around his ceiling. But 9-9 is an expensive price tag to pay on an 11-game slate. So we have a ton of value. If you want to get there, won't blame you. Anybody else you're looking at, though? Yeah, on the Hornets side, it's it's a, it's a risky play. Um, Lamelo Ball normally is one of my favorite plays on a given slate, but just given the matchup and his high price tag, I'm not going to be going there. I'm actually looking at two guys, uh, one guy a little bit more than the other. I'm looking at Gordon Hayward. 6,600, I think, is a pretty good price tag. He's going to be overlooked on this giant slate. Uh, very consistent this season for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, coming up 25-point effort against the Grizzlies on the road. I think he's he's got a great matchup here. Um, in terms of, of just the fact that he's going to be very low owned and overlooked. Uh, he definitely has 40, 45 point upside if this game stays close. If this game ends up getting out of hand for whatever reason, uh, Kelly Oubre 
uh, junior at 4,400 could be some some sneaky value coming off the bench. If he gets 30 minutes, uh, 25, 30 minutes, I think there's some definitely some value there. Is there a safer value we're going to talk about? Yes, on the slate. But again, another guy that you can get into your lineups in order to spend up in other positions and low ownership to boot. So it could, could be a good tournament option as well. But but no safe cash game plays for me either on the Hornets side. Yeah, the Ubre play is enticing. I, I don't want to chase that game that he's just coming off of a 50-plus DK game where he shot uh, almost untouchable from the floor, 13 for 17. But it's still a great price tag, and I wouldn't fault anybody if they want to go there. I just expect him to draw a decent amount of ownership after that big one. On to the next game, 7.30, Eastern Standard Time game. Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Boston. Taking on the Celtics for the Celtics. Jalen Brown is still out. For the Bucks, they're going to be without Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Giannis is probable. So, same guys pretty much that have been out. We'll continue to be out. 214.5 game total. Bucks favored by 1.5 points. I'll start off here. Milwaukee. Giannis coming in at a big price tag, 12K. He's one of the top spend-ups on the slate. Is he worth it? Absolutely. Uh, if you have the money, I don't blame you. He's not my go-to number one top spend-up, but I won't fault you for playing him. I'll have a few shares of him. I build multiple lineups, so it's not like I'm not going to play any Giannis. I will absolutely play some Giannis. Outside of him, though, the only other guy that I've been playing on this Bucks team has been Bobby Portis. A little bit of a letdown game in that last one. Mostly because it got out of hand, but... He should be seeing 25 to 30 minutes pretty easily, if not more than that. He's been a great point per minute producer. 6K, we're getting a little price bump from that mid-five, low uh, low four range that he's been in. So better value is available. But if you're looking to get exposure to this game, you're not paying up for Giannis, I would have fought you one bit for playing Bobby Portis or even Drew Holiday, who is underpriced, significantly underpriced at 6,600, especially with no Chris Middleton. Don't normally love targeting guards going against Marcus Smart, but... He's, he's egregiously underpriced. He should probably be more like that 73 range. So those are the three guys I'm keeping in my player pool. I'm not going to go to Grayson Allen at 5'2". I think we have better value. Yeah, no, it, it definitely. I think I'm almost completely in alignment with you, Mike, uh, across the board here. The only guy that I'm, I'm kind of switching out potentially is Bobby Portis. I, I just don't trust Bobby Portis as as the nickname has, has been coined now after going to the White House. But um, I, I don't know if, if I can play him despite his fantastic, uh, his fantastic new nickname. Um, I'm still probably going to go with potentially in this game ends up being relatively a blowout and just just chasing some confidence levels. Pat Connaughton at 4,000 could be some sneaky value again. Again, same kind of narrative as Kelly Oubre. Do I trust Pat Connaughton at 4,000? No. Uh, can he find my way into some tournament lineups? Potentially, yes. Um, and I like him a little bit. And then my number one guy outside of Giannis, of course, is going to be Drew Holiday. We haven't seen him have a Drew Holiday-like game yet since he's come back from injury. I think this is a great opportunity, a great matchup. Despite having a tough, you mentioned a tough defensive assignment, I still think Drew Holiday could have some some sneaky value here. Um, we haven't seen a 50-point fantasy game from him yet uh, this so far this season. I think this could be a great spot for him, potentially, uh, especially if this game ends up being close because it is on national TV as well. So that, that could add a little bit boost to, to Drew Holiday's game here. You got to love the national TV narrative. On to the Celtics side of the ball. I'll keep this short and sweet. I don't really like anybody. Uh, the only guy that I would consider just based on the raw matchup would be Al Horford, but I just don't want to pay that $7,600 price tag for him with some of the other people on the slate. Had three duds in a row at this point. 
that price tag needs to come back down. Uh, once he's back in that 71, 72 range, maybe even the high sixes, I can consider him. But outside of that, no interest. Not paying 10-1 for Tatum with some of these other guys on the slate. Dennis Schroeder at 62 is a very, very fair price tag. I think there's a little juice left on the bone to squeeze out of there. Not a whole lot, but I just don't see myself going to anybody on this team. That's fair. Short and sweet. We definitely like that on a big big slate like tonight. Uh, I have to say, on the Celtics side, I'm with you. The only guy, again, I'm clearly chasing some, some value here wherever I can. Uh, on some of the earlier games, but Josh Richardson at 3,300 to me seems like a a very nice price tag to pay for Josh Richardson coming off of two solid games in a row where he's had 30 plus minutes of action with Jalen Brown going down to injury. Josh Richardson has opened up uh, opportunity to to really score and and put up some, some solid fantasy value. So I'm actually looking at Josh Richardson pretty heavily. I'm going to probably have him in some cash games as well. I just think that there is some a solid floor here uh, for Mr. Richardson here. Yeah, as long as he's playing 30 minutes, the floor is definitely there. I can't argue with that, uh, especially knowing that the Bucks are one of the worst teams against three-point shooting, as we just talked about the Hornets. The Bucks kind of right there with them. So, all right, we'll move on to the next 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Detroit Pistons traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cavaliers. Kevin Love, Laurie Market, and Colin Sexton all rolled out for the Pistons. Kelly Olynyk rolled out as well as Saban Lee in the G League. Uh, it looks like they're not calling up Luca Garza. He's in the G League. He's rolled out as well. So we'll start off with the Pistons here. It's pretty simple for me. I got some interest here. Isaiah Stewart, Cade Cunningham. I think both these guys, fantastic play. Knowing that there's no Kelly Olynyk, the still minutes from Isaiah Stewart. Knowing that this Cleveland team plays pretty big, it's just going to come down to the foul trouble for him. Can he stay out of foul trouble? And if he does, I expect him to play 30-plus minutes, in which case he will actually absolutely smash his price tag. If he plays 25 minutes, he should smash his price tag. 4,300. A lot of cheap centers on this slate that we're going to talk about, but he's got to be up there with one of the best ones. And then Kate Cunningham at 56. Price tag still not high enough for me to be deterred away from him. Uh, yeah, guess what, guys? I know he struggled, but he's starting to knock down three-point shots. Over the past two games, 7-15. to 15. So. We knew he wasn't going to struggle this bad from deep. He was a career, I think, in college, like a 40% three-point shooter. And he looks like he's right back to that. So I don't mind taking stabs at both these guys. Cunningham having dual eligibility surely helps him, makes that build a little bit easier. Outside of them, probably not looking at much. Yeah, I don't even know if I need to even discuss anything because I'm, I'm with you a smack dab across the board. I'm only looking at those two names you called out. Isaiah Stewart, 4,300, great price tag. Um, should be able to get 30 minutes. Do I trust it here again? I don't know if, if we're going to see 30 minutes of Stewart. We haven't seen much of Isaiah Stewart's upside that we saw in the latter half of last year. Something to keep in mind as we get into the slate. But again, worth worth a few shots, especially at that fantastic price tag. And then the rookie, of course, Katie Harningham, getting more and more comfortable in the NBA offense, as expected. Uh, his first couple of games, he was trying to find his stroke, trying to find his rhythm in the NBA. Um, he's starting to get there. Uh, I think Kate Cunningham is, is a great opportunity and a great value here because I think his price tag is going to continue to, to to increase and go over 6K before we know it. So that's it for me as well. Those two guys, we can on move to on. the Cleveland. Yeah, let's go. Uh, on to the Cleveland side of the ball. Ricky Rubio did not draw the start, played 28 minutes, 5,700. I have interest in him. I feel like he's a little better of a cash play than a GPP. We want him to be over that you know, 30-minute threshold to really consider and have that true upside. But 
5,700 still feels slightly too cheap. Though he's going to play at least 28 minutes. Isaac Okoro is back, so he's drawn that start. Keep an eye on the starting lineup. Maybe they just get sick of that starting lineup. Ricky Ruby was playing great alongside of Garland previously. They did lose that last game, so don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But I think he's still very, very much in play. 5,700, don't mind Rubio. And the same thing with Garland. I think I'm just going to keep an eye on this backcourt. I don't mind Jared Allen. He's been playing absolutely fantastic. 7,800, we're paying for him at this point. I don't know if he has that 50, 60-point upside here. I could definitely see a 40-point floor. So it really depends on your game. In cash games, you could look at them. In tournaments, I'll probably fade them. But Rubio, Garland, I think both the backcourt mates are going to be in play, and I'm not touching Okoro. Short and sweet. I love it. Um, for me, on the Cleveland side of the ball, I'm with you 100% on Ricky Rubio. Uh, I think he's a great play, cash or tournaments. For me, I think he does have some upside, but I'll be chasing the 61-point uh, fantasy outing that he had a couple of nights ago. Absolutely not. But at the same time, I think Ricky Rubio is going to be a solid cash floor here um, and definitely a guard to consider. And I like him uh, as well for that $1,000 savings over Darius Garland. Um, I don't follow him for going Darius Garland. I, I just don't know if I trust him necessarily in this type of matchup. The guy I'm looking at on, on the Cleveland side really is going to be in the front court, and that's Evan Mobley. Uh, the rookie's been, been playing really solid across the board. If this game stays close and it stays a big man matchup, I think Mobley has the potential to, to double-double with ease here. That price tag is a little bit too high. I kind of prefer Mobley in that high 6K, middle 6K range. But at 7,100, there might be some, some interest. He's going to be very low-owned as well. Apologies. Um, but again, number one by far, Ricky Rubio. And then you can sprinkle in some Mobley as well into lineups. And that's it for me on the Cleveland side. He's the rookie of the year, in my opinion, as of right now. But 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Portland Trail of Blazers traveling to Houston to take on the Rockets for the Rockets. Just a bunch of guys in the G League. Kevin Porter Jr. is probable. And for the Blazers, Norman Powell questionable with that left quad strain. We saw Nasir Little draw the start for him when he missed time earlier in the year. So I think that could be expected if he happens to sit. 224 game total. Portland favored by five and a half. Lillard at 9-8. Starting to slowly come back to form as we've seen over the past two games. Back-to-back good shooting games. Actually, I guess we could say three straight good shooting games of at least 47% or higher, 9-8, a lot of high-priced studs. Do you consider him? And then who else are you looking at? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough sell for me on Lillard. I think he's been disappointing, to say the least, this season, as everyone is well aware. But he is starting to run into form. It's a great matchup against the Rockets. It might be too good of a matchup here. I don't expect the Rockets to keep this game real close by any means. And if it becomes a blowout, I don't like Lillard at all. But if, it can, if Rockets can somehow make this a game, uh, there's definitely some value to be had with Lillard under 10K. 9,800 is, is a pretty nice price tag um, for a guy that definitely has 50, 50 to 55 point upside, especially in this matchup. The Rockets don't play any defense whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to be looking at Lillard a little bit. I also am looking a little bit at CJ McCollum as well, a guy that started off really well this season because uh, tapered off a little bit in the last few games. He hasn't been shooting as well. Uh, but if you can round out his shooting, what better opportunity than the Houston Rockets than figure out your shooting stroke? So I'm looking at him. If Norm Powell ends up sitting, Nasir Little at 3,200 is a fantastic value play. Um, but the guy that I trust regardless is Larry Nance Jr. Um, at 3,100. I think he's he's in great shape here, um, especially whether this game ends up being a blowout. 
that's going to be a factor. But a 3,100 worth a few shots. He's going to be in a lot of my tournament builds here. Uh, great value to be had with Larry Nance Jr. And that pretty much rounds out for me my interest in, in the Trailblazers. What about for yourself? I mean, it really just comes down to if I'm stacking this game at all, if, I, if I'm running it back on both sides kind of thing. I mean, this the, the Rockets play at one of the faster paces, if not the fastest, I believe, in the NBA. Uh, not really too interested in any of these guys on Portland with their price tags like that. I could see myself maybe throwing a Covington stab out there. Uh, but uh, it's based on price, revenge, a little bit of everything in there. But I, I really just don't love anybody on that Portland side. And I can almost say the same thing for Houston. Christian Wood up to 9K, you can easily pay that price tag off. But there's other guys on the slate I'd rather spend up on. And eh, maybe a stab at Kevin Porter Jr. because we know his upside. But that's that's the kind of circumstance where I might, I might want something on the other side. I, I don't really have a ton of interest. It's kind of surprising even to myself with this game. So anybody on Houston? Yeah, I'm actually leaning. It's, it's interesting. On the Rockets side, I'm kind of with you across the board. The only place I'm leaning, again, it's based on game script for me. Um, and if a game, game ends up being a blowout very quickly, um, I have some interest in Alperin Sengun, uh, the the young uh, rookie center, backup center for the Rockets. I, I, he should get plenty of playing time. Uh, again, if this game ends up being potential blowout i think he's going to get all the running and handle so a 4200 not a bad price tag to, to throw out there yeah no and it's not i think i, I wouldn't mind sangoon i just think i'd i prefer stewart and i'll i prefer another center that we'll get to for another good value in a little while so realistically i don't think i'll end up falling on any ownership but maybe you're maybe you're playing those turbo slates and yeah in that case he's in play on to the next game phoenix suns traveling to memphis Taking on the Grizzlies, this is a 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Steven Adams is questionable. Dylan Brooks has been ruled out. DeAndre Ayton, doubtful. Dario Sarge ruled out. Landry Shamet is questionable. No game line, no total for this one just yet. I think we're waiting on injury news on both sides. That's pretty important. Looking at this Phoenix team, Frank Kaminsky, 5,500. I mean, he's in play. I feel like we're going to chase that big game, which I don't want to do. I feel like his real, like, normal outing, like, best-case scenario that we'd be looking at would probably be about 30 DK points, 35, 36. Feels like he can get there in this matchup. But overall, 5,500, I, like I said, I would only be using him at the forward spot. There's other centers I like better than him, and I don't want to chase that game. I hope he draws some ownership and I can get away from it and he puts up a 27 because that's not going to win you a tournament. Uh, you really need one of those at 5,500. You need 35 plus from them. So I'm not incredibly interested in them. And with everybody else being priced up in this matchup, not very interested in them at all. The only other guy I would consider would be Jay Crowder at 4,800, knowing that he gets a little bit of extra rebounding upside. Plays well when Aiton's off the floor. But that's probably it for me. It's just those two guys. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns are, are a tricky one for me. I don't like really pretty much anyone across the board. Uh, when it comes to Chris Paul in the backcourt, I think they're priced very fairly. Chris Paul, 800 at this point in his career. Can he put up 50-point upside, 45-point upside? Yes. Um, do I see it happening here? Uh, no. Uh, I don't think the Grizzlies is a good matchup for him, despite potential high game total we're going to see when that line finally comes out. We have seen games, Chris Paul, uh, earlier this season where he has put up four, plus 48 fantasy points or more in three games, actually, earlier in the year. I just I don't know if we're going to see that again here. I think Chris Paul is at a point where he's going to probably coast a little bit more when it comes down to saving his legs for the playoffs. So 
I don't know if, if I can see that happening here. Devin Booker in 9,500. Uh, all, always in play on, on most slates, but I prefer him in the in the mid 8K range versus mid 9K range. So I think he's just priced out of the market for me. Uh, the guy I'm looking at on the Phoenix Sun side is not going to be uh, Frank Kaminsky because I'm with you. I, I don't want to chase his last game. Uh, I don't think he has as much upside as as we've seen. It's actually going to be Mikael Bridges at 5,000. Uh, pretty much overlooked this season um, to, to the other Bridges, uh, which we, we didn't mention earlier. Uh, on, on the slate, but Mikhail Bridges is fantastic. Um, a guy that can put up 30 fantasy points. Uh, we haven't seen much of that this season, uh, but against against the Grizzlies, I think this could be a good matchup for him, especially going up against a team that, that just gives up points and buckets. Uh, that could be a great tournament play. Um, so that's all. That's really the only place I'm looking at for this one. He's never. He's one of those guys that just never get right. So I never try to recommend him. <laughs> Because I feel like if I recommend him, it should just be a, a, a notable sign for everybody else to stay away from him. And when I stay away from him, maybe you get some shares. So there you go. Uh, on to the Grizzlies side, I do have some interest over here. I think you know the Stephen Adams news is going to greatly affect the slate, uh, especially for this Grizzlies team. Obviously, it wouldn't really affect other teams. But uh, if Stephen Adams sits, we'll most likely see Jaron Jackson Jr. get the five. He's been getting plenty of run at the five this season. We've been seeing it more and more as the season went on. That's his, more of his natural position. So at 6,200, I would have some interest in him, but I'll be more or less looking at a lot of these value plays. If Jaron Jackson does start at the five, Kyle Anderson likely draws a start at the four, in which case 4,300, I think it becomes a good value play. He had his best games last season playing the power forward position, gives him a little bit more rebounding upside. We know Jaron plays a little further away from the basket than most centers as well. So I think Kyle Anderson at 43, if Adams is out, I do have some interest in him. And then as well as guys like D'Anthony uh, Melton, 4,800. Prefer him over Desmond Bain ever so slightly. Just think he has more upside for the tournaments. With no Dylan Brooks in this game, he came out and had a fire game in the last one, uh, but he's sitting. You know, so D'Anthony Melton at 4,800. I do think he is a worthwhile look. So those are the two guys or three guys I have the most interest in. I've been team fade John Morant all season long at that price tag. I, you know, bit the bullet in the last one. I, you know, kind of, I guess you could say. Uh, but Still not going to go back to him at 10K, not in this matchup. No interest there. So it's really just Jackson, Melton, and Kyle Anderson if we see that there is no Steven Adams. And I guess we can even throw in Brandon Clark at 3,100. He'd be a worthwhile value play with no Steven Adams. He'll probably see about 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah, I think I'm with you 100% with the Steven Adams call. Uh, if, if he is out, I like Kyle Anderson. I actually had Kyle Anderson circled in my notes as a great play regardless of whether Steven Adams plays or, or doesn't. Even off the bench, Kyle Anderson has been putting up some decent value as, as of late. He's starting to round out um, into form. So if he gets a start, even better. Uh, he might be more of a cash game build then because I think he's going to have way higher ownership, which, which again, might limit my exposure there um, when we're looking at tournaments. But Jaron Jackson Jr., pretty much every night uh, is in play for me, especially if he gets, you mentioned, the, stand, the center starting position. Very consistent the last few games. He has 40, 45-point upside. Uh, and on a given night, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, this could be a great opportunity against the Suns' front, a banged up front court for Jackson Jr. to really step it up. Um, so I like him as my favorite play on the Grizzlies side. I'm with you. I'm fading John Morant. Love John Morant as a player. He's having a, a sensational year. I just don't know if there's enough fantasy value uh, to be had against the Suns here. And then Brandon Clark um, is definitely going to be in play 3,100, especially if we get new Steven Adams out. 
we saw what he could do at 24 minutes a couple nights ago in some rules. It could be a great another another opportunity for him to get 25, 30 fantasy points at 3,100. It's worth a stab or two as well. Um, so I'm definitely going to be looking that direction. All right, on to the next game. We have Sacramento traveling to OKC, taking on Thunder for the Thunder. Everybody's in the G League, so we don't need to talk about those guys as far as okay, Zary Roby. But for the Kings, Terrence Davis, Tyrese Halbert, and both of them are questionable. News that we're going to need to monitor. We've been seeing Buddy Hill draw a start or two in place of Halliburton. Uh, as far as the game total, 218.5. Sacramento favored by 3.5 points. Surprising. Kind of Vegas line is, I think, anticipating that those guys might sit. But starting off with the Sacramento team, De'Aaron Fox, 8,400. He's out of his slump. Two back-to-back games of 40-plus DK points, 8,400. Fantastic matchup. I have interest in De'Aaron Fox. Do I get there? I'm not too sure yet. i got to see how my builds wind out. But I definitely have some interest in him. Outside of him, though, uh, Rashawn Holmes, down games over the past few. They've been really limiting his minutes, 6,700. Don't see myself necessarily going to him just because of all the center value that we have and then some other spend-up options. I just don't see myself really falling in the middle. If you do, it's just a contrarian play. I won't fault you there. We've seen his upside plenty of times. And then the other option would be Mr. Buddy Hield at 6,400. Looking at him, knowing he's getting those starters-level minutes, he's playing 30-plus minutes, 6,400. He has a 35-40 point upside in this matchup for sure. So those are the two guys, I guess, because I'm really not looking at Holmes all that much. I know Harrison Barnes has been Mr. Consistent all season long. At 7,500, though, I'll probably take a pass. Yeah, it's interesting. I normally love to attack the Kings, uh, especially against the Thunder. The Thunder are surprisingly looking like a, a very good team recently, which which I'm sure no one had. Uh, they're on a current three-game winning streak. But, I, again, I think it's all about matchup and value here. Uh, Darren Fox is the only player that I'm looking at. Uh, you mentioned he's out of the slump, averaging almost 50 fantasy points over his last two. Uh, he's shooting stroke his back. He's playmaking his back. All, all in all, um, it's definitely looking like he's turned the corner. And he isn't priced at that level where um, he's a little too expensive. So I like that price tag for Fox. He's one of my favorite plays in that 8K range, actually, on the entire slate. Uh, and then I'll have some shares at Buddy Heels. He's 400. Although that's going to be more for tournaments. Uh, just too inconsistent, too inconsistent for me. Uh, and and I, just a quick shout out for Marvin Bagley the third. Uh, is he ever going to get a, a single minute of playing time this season is the big question I have for you, Mike. Well, I mean, it's he had his option or his chance, supposedly, uh, and he refused to check in. Uh, that was that, I guess that's what he said. Uh, but I give him credit. At least he's not doing the Ben Simmons and saying he has a uh, you know mental illness, which <laughs> I give no sympathy for. Um, you know, listen, I, I I think I tweeted tonight. I'm I'm all for Ben Simmons being traded, and I'd want to be traded if my teammates and coach talked about me like that in the postseason last season. Uh, but I don't I don't agree with the whole mental illness thing. You know, using that as a chip or a crutch just to get your trade or not play with these guys. I think that's an easy cop out, and I think it does a disservice. Uh, it's going to change the precedent of the league. It's just not a good look for you and. For the NBA in general, I mean, mental illness is is a very serious thing. I think a lot of people around the world struggle with that. And to sit there and just say that's what you're dealing with, I don't buy. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm more Marvin Bagley's camp as of right now uh, as opposed to Ben Simmons. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> Sacramento might be one of those teams that's looking at Ben Simmons. Uh, so that's funny we said that. But onto the onto the <laughs> Thunder side of the ball, no interest here. One guy I do want to look at would be Josh Giddy. 6,400 just because he has that triple-double upside. Any given night, it's a good matchup for him. 
Kings actually struggle against opposing shooting guards. So uh, maybe you want to look at Lou Dort. Maybe you want to look at Baisley. It's just a three-point line. They struggle to defend a little bit. But I think Josh Giddy is a solid play at 64, not somebody I'm overly gravitating towards. Uh, and I do like Baisley's price tag, but I just don't see myself falling on him too much. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you touched on Josh Giddy. He's a, one, one guy I'm looking at as well. Uh, just from, a, from just a price tag perspective and a triple-double upside you mentioned. And also the fact that you've been trying to also trade for him, side note, in our season-long league as well. Uh, and I'm you should have took that up. trade, man. Uh, uh, we could I talk know. about that on air. <laughs> Prior to the season, I offered in Anthony Edwards and Tyler Hero. Spilled in a giddy, and he rejected it. And I, and I know what? I'm glad you did. Uh, right, right. I, I'm still hating myself, but you know what? That that I, I could not have made any more poor mistakes uh, when it comes to drafting in, in our league. I, I think I have seven guys on injured reserve the entire season. So I've just been one mistake after another. So I, I hate myself for rejecting that trade, but I love Josh Giddy, and I, I'm excited to watch him grow as a player. Uh, and I'll just eat the eat the money that I invested in this league. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a listen. You could always bounce back, man. It's an early season. I'm with you though. Giddy Giddy looks like he's gonna have a great future. Uh, I I kind of I'm not gonna say like I called like that he was gonna have this kind of uh, play, and I knew I knew it was gonna come. I knew he had the upside though, the triple double upside, the size. He has a high IQ at his young age. Uh, he has a lot of things going for him. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad I didn't do that trade because it looks like Tyler Hero is going to win uh, sixth man and possibly most improved. He could he could have a chance at either or. And Anthony Edwards uh, is a full-blown stud after dropping 48 <laughs> last night. So uh, We'll just keep yeah. it moving, though. We won't harp on Absolutely. that too much. On <laughs> to the next game, Brooklyn Nets traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans for the Nets. Nick Laxon still out. Kyrie Irving, as we know, not with the team for the Pelicans. It looks like Brandon Ingram is questionable. Zion rolled out. Najee, uh, Najee Marshall is questionable as well. So same guys that have been out will continue. We'll have to monitor. Brandon Ingram feels like he's around the corner. From what I've read from the beat writers, uh, it's a pain tolerance issue. He kind of just wakes up. It continues to feel pain in his hip. So we'll have to see. We just don't know. Uh, as for a game line in total, we don't have one. No surprise there. We got two two major pieces that we need to Confirm whether they're in or out before we can have any idea. Looking on this Brooklyn Nets team, though, I have a, I have a high fear of blowout potential. I think you know, I'm never going to tell you not to play Kevin Durant or James Harden. I think both these guys are absolutely in play. If this game stays close, they both should be in line for pretty massive games. If I'm looking at one of them, uh, I've been team Kevin Durant all season long for DFS, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Harden in this one. Uh, I think he is due for a high-scoring game. Drawing that matchup against Devontae Graham should be licking his lips. Getting to the free throw line a little bit more. Uh, not much, but a little bit more from those one or two free throw games that we've seen. And he's actually starting to knock down his shots. He's shooting at least 50% over the last three games. So triple-double in that last one. I think I'm leaning a little bit more harder. But honestly, not a whole lot of interest from anybody in this game on either side of the ball. So we'll just uh, you know kind of chalk it up to there as far as everything goes. Uh, I think Jonas is in a great spot, but I'm not paying 9300 for him with some of these other centers on the board. So I'll pass it over to you. Why don't you give us a breakdown that you're looking at for both teams, I guess. Yeah, on the Brooklyn side of the ball, I'm only looking one direction. and I don't feel good about it, but it's it's the renaissance of LaMarcus Aldridge. I've taken a year off. Um, he looks like he's rejuvenated. Even, even despite low minutes totals, he's shooting the ball well. We're seeing some vintage LaMarcus uh, play recently uh, against the Magic and the Chicago Bulls in the last two matchups. So I'm looking there. 
4100 is a great price like another value center play we've touched on so many value plays at that center position and the gift just keeps on giving so i'm looking at lamarcus i'm not going to be tackling too much kevin durant um i it's a guy that i've been playing lineups for most of the season over harden as well but his price is just way too high in a potential blowout scenario i'm not going to go there or james harden at 10,400. um that's it for me i'm really on the brooklyn side of the ball we're talking about the pelicans um on the pelican side it's going to be interesting i i'm probably looking at a few guys with ingram questionable if ingram sits uh then there's guys like Nikhil alexander walker that piqued my interest at 6k uh definitely going to be in play for me coming off a, a monster 61 point fantasy effort uh 33 real life points do i expect him to shoot that well again probably not um but if the game stays close he should get plenty of run and he's not shy when it comes to shooting so i love uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 6K, especially if Ingram is out. And then the big man down low, if this game stays close, Jonas Valanciunas at 9,300. Again, that price tag is very high. It's the highest it's been all season. But he's a guy that has 50, 55-point upside, can put up a 20-20 game um, with, with with some ease, especially against the, the Nets front court. I, I don't see a, a ton of issues challenging them. So uh, those are the guys I'm looking at. What about for you? I mean, I, that's kind of like I said. I think I think Jonas has the very – he's capable of doing it. It's a fantastic matchup. I always like to target centers against, uh, you know, looking at this Nets team. I think it's a very contrarian play where he won't draw a lot of ownership, especially at that price tag. So I think in tournaments he's very much in play, but he'd probably be the only guy I'm considering on that Pelicans team. I think we have safer cash game plays we can go with, though. Uh, on to the next game. Dallas Mavericks traveling to San Antonio, taking on the Spurs for the Mavericks. Max Kleber remains out for the Spurs. Jakob Pertl still in health and safety protocols. Zach Collins is still out. Keita Bates-Diop is questionable. For a game total, we're looking at a 218 game total. Dallas favored by two and a half points in this one. Luka Doncic coming in at 11-1. High-priced guy in this game. 11-1's not going to do it for me. Uh, as much as I love Lucas, as much as I love my Mavericks, there's just other guys I'd rather spend up on. We will get to them. We're almost there. So, honestly, the only other person I'd really consider would be Porzingis at that 6-6 price tag. He's been playing well, at least 38 DK points over the past uh, two out of three games. Minutes are back up there. Played 32 against the Bulls. I'd expect another 35 to 40 DK point game from Chris Stops. I think that's a good price tag for him. Yeah, my number one play on the Mavericks side, you touched on a Christoph Porzingis. I've been playing him uh, pretty recently, uh, and he's been putting up some some pretty solid numbers. I think he definitely has 40, 45-point upside here against the Spurs. Uh, my favorite play in the Mavericks. I'm with you. Uh, these, some of these price tags on these superstars are just getting out of hand. 11,100 for Luka. It, it's, again, if this game stays close, uh, he, he has triple-double upside, but we haven't seen the signature Luka game yet. I, I could eat my words. Uh, tonight, they put up 65, 70 fantasy points and, and, and break the slate. But I just don't see that happening against the Spurs. I, there's other places I would go here. Um, and the, the only other guy that I have some level of interest in is Tim Hardaway Jr., who's 500. It's a good price tag. Can he put up 30, 35 fantasy points? Yes. Do I trust it? No. It's definitely more of a tournament play. Chris Porzingis is the only cash game consideration for me on the Mavericks side as well. Yeah, and I mean, the Spurs have actually been playing at a faster pace than we're accustomed to. When we think Spurs, we think, you know, tough defense, slowing the game down. Really hasn't been like that for them this season. Uh, looking at their side of the ball, DeJounte Murray coming in at 9-4. He's a tournament play for me. Uh, again, I don't. no one wants to pay 9-4 for DeJounte. 
But uh, for instance, I like to. I'd rather pay up for him than a guy like uh, John Morant on this slate. I mean, we're talking about three out of the past four games, at least 49 DK points. Lowest game points that he's had on the entire season has been like 31. So I don't fault you. I really don't. Uh, I just don't know if I'll end up landing there. Outside of him, everybody else is priced appropriately. Don't see myself going to too, too much over here. I think the ball's going to get spread around pretty well. But as far as your tournaments, I think DeJounte's definitely in play for a tournament play. If you're looking for a low-owned guy that can get you a 50, even 60. We've seen him get – I think I think he had one game this season where he put up like 70 DK points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was a while back. Yeah, against the Lakers. 21, 12, and 15 type game. So I'm not going to rule out the upside for DeJounte Murray, but he's nothing more than a tournament play. I think we have better cash games we could play. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know how much interest I'm going to be looking at John T. Murray. I mean, he's had a great year. Uh, we don't get me wrong. I think he's, he's really had a very strong year for the Spurs, but I don't know how much interest at that price. Like, 2,400 is, is a little bit too high for me, for Murray. Uh, I like him better in the, in the high 8K range. I'm going to play him on most slates. The other guy I'm looking at really is going to be Drew Eubanks at 4,700, uh, a guy that, that's getting some minutes. Um, are they consistent? No. Uh, but does he have 25, 30 fantasy point upside? Yes. Do I trust him? Also, no. So he's more of a tournament play for me, but I'm still going to consider him in some player pools potentially. Uh, but there's just so many center positions and so much value there that it's really hard to go there. So uh, and there's not a lot of interest in, on the Spurs side of the ball, realistically. All right. On to the next game. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets. Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter are both questionable for the Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, both rolled out. We're getting Nikola Jokic back off of his one-game suspension, which we're not even going to get into that. I, I was thinking about asking you what you think about that, but I, I mean, we could probably <laughs> go on for 15 to, 15 to 20 minutes about that. Uh, no game total, no line. I already brought it up, so you might as well mention what you think about it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a tit-for-tat thing. You know, does, should you cheap shot somebody in the back and hurt their neck? Absolutely not. Did Markeith Morris have it coming? I'm going to say yes. Uh, he's, you know, <laughs> messed with my boy Luca a few years ago. If you watch it, he could have hurt Jokic's knees. So there we are. That's all I'm going to say on it. But looking at, looking at this Atlanta team, I do have some interest here. Uh, I think John Collins at 7,100 is in play. I think Capella at 7K is in play. I'm not paying that price tag for, uh, for Trey Young. I actually prefer to play a guy like DeJounte over him. So... And then Kevin Werder, 4K. If we hear that Hunter, Bogdanovich, both these guys are ruled out again. Uh, Kevin Werder is a great value play at 4K. Do I expect him to shoot 61% on 18 shot attempts again? No, I don't. But at 4K, we're looking for 25, 30 DK points. That's definitely in the realm of possibilities for him. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I'm with you on that one. My favorite play is John Collins on the Hawks. That's 7100 is a fair price tag especially against the Nuggets. It should be a very close game. I expect it to go back and forth. Um, and the Hawks side, it's definitely going to be some interesting value there. Uh, and then, again, I'm at 11, again, 100% with Trey Young. I'm not going to be going Trey Young. Then it's 600. I think that price tag is a little too high for me. Kevin Huerter is probably my favorite play, especially if we get DeAndre Hunter news and Bogdanovich news. If one of them does sit out, um, I still might, I'm still going to go Kevin Huerta at 4,000. I think it's a good price tag. And he might even get less ownership, which would only help my cause as well. Something to monitor as we look at the injury report and we understand um, who, who's in, who's out. Uh, this is a game to monitor on the Hawks side of the ball. And, and those, are the, those are the two guys really that I'm looking at, and, and that's about it. All right, on to the Denver side of the ball. 
another high price guy to talk about is Jokic, 11-7. Very much in play for me. Uh, he's a top three spend up for me. Prefer him over Giannis. It's just a comeback game. He had a nice night off on that suspension. Told uh, Malone that he would be drink, sitting home drinking red wine. And I think Malone, and I quote, says, I hope your baby gets diarrhea. Because uh, obviously, you know, he wasn't mad at Jokic for what, everything that happened. He's a very emotional player. It happened. Uh, but at the same time, he knows how, how important he is for this team's offense, how the offense runs through him. Atlanta plays very little defense. Higher paced game for the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have some interest in Jokic here. So 11-7, I'm going to try to get – my best bet is to try to get him and then one of those Laker guys that we'll talk about in a little while in my slates and my lineups. Those are the two guys I'm looking at spending up on. Uh, and, yeah, I'll probably – not going to draw the line completely there. Will Barton now up at a fair price tag at 6,900. He's been playing well. We know he's never shy of shooting at least 45 DK points in three out of the last four games. He's been shooting the ball at a pretty high clip, though, at the same time. So – I don't know if I'll end up getting there, but if you want to get exposure to this game and you're not playing Jokic, that's the guy I would do it with. Yeah, I, again, I, I think it's a very fair price for Jokic, uh, especially coming back one game of rest. is probably what the doctor ordered for him, so I think Jokic is going to have a prime position here. Uh, 11,700 is probably my favorite play on the entire slate, uh, even despite that high price tag, just given the matchup, given the opportunity. Uh, I think that's going to be in play for me. And then I'm looking at some shares of Will Barton, 6,900. To your point, the price tag is fair. Uh, is he still on the upside? Yes. Uh, but we'll see how many shares I end up settling on for for Mr. Uh, Will Barton. But it's definitely going to be a guy that I'm looking at uh, pretty heavily uh, for tournaments only. And then the final guy I'm looking at, again, very much a tournament dart throw, is Bones Highland, uh, the young point guard, rookie, point guard shooting guard. Um, I think he's, he's going to be in play. He's getting in the rotation. He's, he's getting more and more comfortable in the NBA. Um, he has seals upside. He can score uh, a guy that if this game ends up being a blowout, if the Nuggets end up pulling away quickly against the Hawks, uh, this could be a guy that, that could really go off. So I'll have some level of interest there with, with Mr. Highland. I love me some bones, but we'll move on. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, Chicago Bulls traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. For the Bulls, as we know, well, maybe you don't, but Nikola Vucevic uh, in the health and safety protocols. He's going to miss at least the next week. Kobe White is ruled out, even though they were hoping that he would be ready for this game. As of right now, he's on the injury report as ruled out. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Maybe he gets upgraded. Patrick Williams, done for the year, as we know. And then for the Warriors, Draymond Green is questionable. Damian Lee is questionable. Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, both these guys ruled out as well. Looking at the game total, guess what? We don't have one. We're going to have to wait and see. So no line, no spread. Looking at the Chicago Bulls team, man, with no Vucevic, there's definitely some interest for me. There's two guys I really like. Zach Levine, AK. It's too cheap. Uh, I really do like Zach Levine. We'll get to that player tier segment that we'll talk about later, but he's probably my favorite in that mid-tier range. Back and forth game is what I'm expecting. A close game is what I'm expecting. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. So I definitely have some interest in Zach Levine, my favorite mid-tier price tag kind of range. When it comes to him and Darren Fox, it gets really dicey for me. I think I prefer Zach Levine ever so slightly. And then outside of him, we're going to have to look at who steps up for Vucevic. Uh, Tony Bradley is the guy that I expect to get more minutes. Backup center. He's a minimum salary at 3K. Only issue is, is that this Golden State team likes to play small. Now, if Draymond sits, are they going to be able to play small is the question. And I don't think so. So 
I think Tony Bradley becomes a much – I think he's in play regardless. At 3K, bottom barrel price tag, he's very, very much in play. We talked about a lot of value center over there. He'd be probably one of the main guys I'm looking at. And if we hear the news that Draymond Siddick is even more in play because then that kind of limits their options of going super small at that center position. So those are the two guys I'm really looking at. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to play DeRozan or Lonzo, but I'm really just looking at Zach Levine and Tony Bradley. Yeah, when it comes to the Bulls, it's a tricky one. I expect this game to be one of the highest game totals of the entire slate. That's something to keep in mind as well if you're looking at game stacks. And if I'm looking at game stacks on the Bulls side, I'm looking at Zach Levine as my starting place. 8K is a great price tag. I like it. I'll take the $500 in savings as well over DeMar DeRozan just because of, you know, we want to find upside. We want to have some value. Uh, and we want to be able to spend elsewhere. So I'm looking at Zach Levine as number one. And then I'm also looking at Lonzo Ball since 500. I think it's a, it's a fair price tag. Um, definitely has some ability to put up 40, 45 fantasy points, especially against the Warriors backcourt. Um, so I'm looking at those two. And then I'm going to have some shares of Alex Caruso as well at 4,200. Um, he, he's been getting more and more comfortable. We know he's got steals upside as well. So I'm looking at Caruso. And then uh, again, if I'm game stacking, uh, it's something to keep in mind with Tony Bradley at 3K. You touched on it. If, if the Warriors go 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 small, then I'm I'm gonna actually switch out Tony Bradley for Javante Green here uh, on the bull side of the ball because that's another great opportunity to to, to play the matchup. And at 3K, uh, there are worse plays um, at that bottom price tag, especially if the Warriors rule Draymond Green in uh, in this matchup. Yeah, and we can keep in mind we always say it on the show later the game the farther down they're going to be in your lineup, just so it makes that swap easier. If you get them in your utility, there you go. It's an easy swap for you. On to the other side of the ball, Golden State. I have interest in pretty much only one player on this team. And it sounds weird. I just said how much I like this game. But if Draymond sits, I think Otto Porter becomes a fantastic play. We're going to have to – I expect him to draw the start at the four, 3,700. Guy that I think won't get a ton of ownership, but – Definitely has the upside. Also, a little revenge narrative involved in this one, too. So, at 3,700, I definitely have some interest in Otto Porter if Draymond sits. I, I guess you know, when it comes down to it, that's going to be the huge piece of news for us to, to monitor. And unfortunately, to your point, we have to make sure that these late games are, are moving down in your lineup because we never know if we're going to get the news in time before lock. So, keep that in mind. But Otto Porter is a great play, definitely in play for me. Um, if we get the Draymond Green Green news early enough to put him into lineups. I'm also looking at some shares of Andrew Wiggins. I mean, it's hard to chase Andrew Wiggins after one of his best shooting games as a member of the Warriors. But at the same time, uh, I think this is a good matchup for him to continue to play well. The, the Bulls do play some good defense, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, and he doesn't have a, a huge upside, so more of a tournament play for me. Um, definitely starts with Otto Porter Jr. as my favorite play. And then I'll have some shares of Andrew Wiggins, but that's it. Um, you know, it's going to be more of if I'm looking at a game stack, then I'm going to have a lot more shares of Andrew. I think, I mean, both teams play great defense. I think the Warriors have the number one rated defense on paper as of right now. And I didn't mention them, and it's to my own fault. I don't even know if Otto will draw the start. It might be Belicia. Um, but whoever draws that start in place of Draymond, if he sits, is very much in play. I think actually looking at it, um, hand over fist, Belicia might be the better play. A little cheaper. I feel a little bit more secure about his minutes. Because keep in mind, if we'll, we'll probably see a fair amount of Andre Iguodala in this matchup too, and that might eat into Porter's minutes. But both those guys would be very, very much in play if we see that Draymond is ruled out. 
On to the final game, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to L.A., taking on the Lakers. For the Lakers, Trevor Ariza, Taylor Horton Tucker, LeBron James, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves all rolled out. Rajon Rondo is questionable. For the Timberwolves, they are good to go. Right now, no game total. Oh, no, we do. I lied. 225 game total. <laughs> Lakers favored by two and a half points. Uh, looking at Minnesota, little to like here. Um, Cat is very, very much in play. Anthony Edwards coming off of a career-high 48 actual points. Don't know if I want to chase that, but there's your upside. If you need to know what it looks like, it's 66 DK points. Uh, I don't know if you can get much higher than that. I'm not even going to say 70. Don't expect him to drop another 40-plus point game here. So I don't really have a ton of interest on a healthy Minnesota team, but I'm going to want exposure on the other side of the ball. So if I were to run it back with somebody, it would probably be either him. This could be a D'Angelo Russell game. Lakers have been struggling against opposing point guards. Wouldn't play in my cash games, but I'd look at them in my tournaments. And then for Carl Anthony Towns, I don't think I'll get there. I prefer Jokic over him. I prefer these Laker guys over him. So just the way I'm leading as of now, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I definitely have pinned in to my lineup, Anthony Edwards. Probably one of my favorite plays in this matchup. I expect it to be a high-scoring affair um, and a game that, that's going to feature um, Anthony Edwards going up against you know a lot of guys that he's probably looked up to on the Lakers side of the ball. So that's something to keep in mind as well um, to keep him motivated. I don't know. I don't expect him to score 48 points, real-life points again here, but I do expect a, a pretty healthy dose of, of scoring here from him. Um, so I like him at that price tag. One of my favorite plays in that 8K range on the entire slate. And then I'm also going to have some level of interest in D'Angelo Russell. Again, more for tournament plays more than anything, uh, just because it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, but he does have 50-point upside uh, and something to keep in mind as well against the Lakers. Uh, Russell Westbrook could be limited, uh, although I, I don't expect him to, to at all. Um, but it's something to keep in mind, uh, just given you know how many minutes he's been playing recently. Uh, Russell could have a better opportunity uh, just given how many, again, how many minutes Russell has been playing the last few nights. So, so keep in mind, uh, additional storyline. So to speak. All right. I love it. I love it. On the Lakers side of the ball, you heard me touch on it. Davis, Westbrook, very, very much in play. Both these guys prefer Westbrook ever so slightly. But Davis has a fantastic matchup. I don't, I, I, I mean, maybe they start Vanderbilt just to kind of match up with the size. Maybe even Nas Reed, but I would assume it's Vanderbilt in the rotation a little bit ahead of him. Uh, Westbrook, 11-2, back-to-back 60-point DK games. We're starting to see that type of Westbrook that we were accustomed to when he's getting the usage, he's getting the triple doubles. Sign me up. I'm going to continue to ride the hot streak. 11-2 is not high-priced enough. He should be priced more like that 11-5 to 11-7 range. So I have a ton of interest in Westbrook, ton of interest in Davis. I'm going to try to have one of these guys in just about every, uh, every lineup that I have. My goal is to find enough value to pair like a Jokic with a Westbrook, run that out there. And then uh, outside of those two guys, only other player I have any interest in would be Carmelo Anthony, who just looks like he's turning back the clock a little bit. 5,600, okay price tag. Minutes have been up there, though. Shot attempts are up there. But I, I just don't see myself falling in that 5-6 range and saying I need to play some mellow. But maybe you're looking at your uh, late game slate, in which case he's very much in play. But so much value on the slate where it just means it's just building itself as a stars and scrubs type lineup. Absolutely. I'm with you when it comes to stars and scrubs on this slate. Um, and this game, Russell Westbrook is probably one of my favorite spend up guard options uh, on the entire slate. 
Uh, I like him a lot. Anthony Davis is still going to be very much in play. I think he has a great matchup going up against the Timberwolves, but I just don't know if I'm going to go there necessarily. Uh, we have seen Anthony Davis struggle mightily a little bit with without LeBron James in the lineup. So something to keep in mind here. Um, I'm not going to be chasing Anthony Davis as much, but again, we have so much value opening up and there's plenty of opportunity to spend up where needed. So definitely he's going to be a guy in play. And then as far as value goes, I really like two names that I'm looking at on the Lakers side, and that's Malik Monk coming off a, a fantastic performance. I don't expect him to shoot lights out and have put up 27, 27 real life points again against the Wolves, but this game is expected to go up and down high paced. He's not afraid to shoot. Uh, he has a green light, obviously, when it comes down to it. And he's almost rock bottom price at 3,600. So I like Malik Monk a lot. He's probably going to be one of my uh, value plays of the night here. And then Avery Bradley at 3,400. There are, again, uh, plenty of guys to look at, but you, those two guys are interchangeable. Um, I don't know which one I trust more at this point in time, but both guys are going to be my player pool. Can't argue with that. I mean, yeah, Monk, Monk played great. I think a lot of that had to do with Rondo sitting, so we'll have to keep an eye on Rondo's status. Uh, we won't have it, most likely, because it's going to be a late game, but maybe we, maybe we get it early. Uh, I think that would make me feel a lot more comfortable about Monk if we see that Rondo sits. And keep in mind that game also went into overtime. So I think if it's a non-overtime game, he's probably looking at 28, but still, that's a, that's a pretty bottom barrel price tag where we can completely consider him. So I do like that call that you made. On... To our player tier segment, who's your top price guy? I think I like the cat out of the bag there. My top price guy is going to be Russell Westbrook, 11200 uh, Can't fault you. Love him. Uh, I'll go with the other guy I'm trying to pair him with, which should be the Joker, 11-7. I'll have interest in Jokic in this one. Feels like it's a triple-double type matchup for both of these guys, which is why I'm trying to build a foundation with two guys that I know can get me 60 DK points pretty easily. So mid-tier, who are you looking at? Yeah, mid-tier is really tough uh, on this giant slate. Uh, the guy that I'm looking at is going to be Jaron Jackson Jr. 200, I think, is a great price tag for him. So I'm going to take the cop out and get the edge of the mid-tier, which we say is 5 to 8K, and go Zach Levine at 8K. Uh, I really like Zach Levine. I, you know, uh, I know people are probably like, well, we need someone that's around 55 or something like that. Well, that's too bad. I want Zach Levine in a couple of my lineups. <laughs> I really like Zach Levine at 8K. I really like him in this matchup. I don't care that the Warriors have the best defense in the league right now. I'm expecting 40 to 45 plus from Zach Levine pretty comfortably. But I guess I could try to make the people happy. And if I'm going to give another guy that's kind of floating around that, that mid-tier price range that everyone always seems to land in, which is that 55 to 59 range. I have two guys I'd be looking at. It would probably be Rubio and Cunningham. If I had to pick one of those guys, I'd probably edge towards Cunningham in my tournaments. Rubio a little safer for cash game. But your value play, who are you looking at? Value play, I, I'm gonna. I was gonna stay in the, on the Grizzlies team, but I want to mix it up a little bit. So I'm gonna go Isaiah Stewart on the Detroit Pistons. Oh, you, you suck. <laughs> uh, that's 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 who I had. Uh, absolutely, I do love some big stew in this, knowing that they're gonna be going against that size of the front court. No Kelly Olynyk to eat into him at 4,300. It would take him drawing two to three fouls in the first like two to three minutes for him not to hit the value. All right. Well, then I'll just have to sit here and stall for a quick moment. I didn't think you were going to say Isaiah Stewart. Uh, but, we'll, yeah, you really really put a damper on that. Uh, we'll have to look over. I mean, we mentioned a lot of lineups. So I'm going to give two, uh, a lot of value. Two plays, but they're both injury caveats that we don't have the news yet on. If Steven Adams sits, I think Kyle Anderson makes for a great value play. And then if Draymond Green sits, uh, Bijalika, 
if I can say that, uh, makes for a fantastic value play. The more I think about it, the more I think I like him over out of Porter. It just feels a little bit more comfortable. I can easily see him getting a 30 to 35 point DK game at near minimum salary. So we'll go with those two guys. A little bit of a cop out giving two, but we don't have that news just yet. With Big Stu, we already know what's happening. He's in play. He's a great play. And that brings us home. That is it. That is the entire slate. Just under an hour, Dave. Look at that. I said we try to motor oh, wow. keep it under. As I talk, we're about to tick over the hour mark. But give us a follow on Twitter. Impressive. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Dave, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to try to remember this, Dave, D Mank. <laughs> 33 correct you nailed it nice so that's d-m-e-n-k three three give us a thumbs up great review guys you hear me say it but people aren't doing it if you're listening to the show and you haven't done it yet please do uh it means a lot to us you could also leave a little comment in there let us know how we can change things if we want to hear more value if you want to hear maybe two guys per player team, whatever it might be, you let us know. We're trying to cater this to you guys. It's an early look podcast where things change. We understand that, but that's why you get the fancy pass. And you jump in the discord as well. So we're always in the discord right before lineups lock. I was in there tonight. I'm in there every night answering questions one hour before the slate tips off. So jump in there, get that fancy pass only four ninety nine a month. We'll be back tomorrow. Crushing that slate for a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Probably be handling that solo. Unless Dave, of course, more than welcome to jump on with me. Uh, we record that. Usually it comes out Saturday morning. But thank you guys for listening. Take care. Let's go out there and take down some tournaments. Have a great one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.